Sunday Sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now on to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. Scary movies, yay or nay? Oh, that was overwhelming on the nay side. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody said yay, but we don't have a lot of uh, scary movie fans here. That doesn't surprise me too much, I suppose. I'm not really big into them myself. You know, scary stories are okay. Thrillers, like exciting stories maybe. I actually heard a quote once that changed how I looked at horror as a genre of storytelling. And it surprised me when I read it because the quote said that horror is the only genre of story where life is absolutely sacred. And it, and it caught me off guard when I heard that, but the more I thought about it, the, I realized it was true. You know, you watch an action movie like James Bond or something like that, and people are killed all over the place and nobody even cares. But in horror, the only reason it's scary is because lives matter. And like, like that changed my, I mean, I still don't like them very much, but it at least changed how I looked at it, right? But I'll tell you what I really don't like, and that is jump scares. Now, do you know what I mean by a jump scare? That's where you're watching a scary movie and all of a sudden somebody comes off the side of the screen, ah, <laughs> right? And it's, it's more surprise than scare and it makes you jump, right? Now, I know people, I'm even related to at least one, who love jump scares. They love the thrill. They love the adrenaline of it. But for me, I hate it. And they always make it worse by kind of telegraphing that it's coming right? Like you know from the music or you know from the way the camera shots are that you know that something's about to jump out, right? And sometimes they fake you out and then do it, do it a moment later. But either way, you know, you know you're about to be surprised. And somehow that makes it worse, right? When you expect the unexpected in a scary movie, when you expect the unexpected, it somehow makes it worse, which, if you think about it, is kind of the opposite of the way it works in life and faith. And this is why I bring it up, because that's what we're talking about today, the unexpected. And I think by the time we're done, you'll see that expecting the unexpected things in life actually opens a door and helps you to experience, it gives you an opportunity to find blessing that you might miss otherwise. Okay, so in a bigger uh, uh, sense, what we're doing uh, this, uh, this whole season is reading through the Gospel of Matthew uh, headed towards Easter. Pretty soon we're going to get into the passion story as it's called, Jesus' final week and all that happened on the journey to the cross and then Easter Sunday. Uh, but for now, we're in the part of Matthew where he uh, relates a lot of parables. We've had parables for several weeks in a row and we have another one today. There's parables or stories that teach. Oftentimes they have multiple meanings to different time periods periods. You know, might read them differently or a different place in your life. Uh, they might mean something different. And uh, today's uh, is one of those two. So Sam read it for us a minute ago, but you know me, I always like to hear it more than once. So it really sticks in our head. So listen again. At that time, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 young bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Now, five of them were wise the other five were foolish. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't bring oil for them. The wise ones took their lamps and also brought containers of oil. When the groom was late in coming, they all became drowsy and went to sleep. 
But at midnight there was a cry, look, the groom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. But the foolish bridesmaids said to the wise ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps have gone out. But the wise bridesmaids replied, no, because if we share with you, there won't be enough for both yours and ours. We have a better idea. You go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while those who were gone to buy oil, uh, but while they were gone to buy oil, the groom came. Those who were ready went with him into the wedding and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But the groom gave them a rose and voted them off the island. Oh, wait, does nobody else see the connection to the bachelor? Okay, I wanted to make sure you were all still awake. <laughs> he replied, not that different, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep alert because you don't know the day or the hour. Now, in the Bible, and at least in the New Testament, usually when you hear brides and grooms, uh, what it's referring to is Jesus and the church. Jesus as the groom and the church as the bride, uh, as uh, God comes into the world and, uh, and, and we become one. Uh, and there's this uh, a long tradition in the church of waiting for the groom to arrive, especially in Advent. You know, as we lead up to Christmas, we remember that first wait for Jesus to come into the world. And uh, we uh, oftentimes read even this very parable. Uh, and those of you that are fans of classical music will know that there are a lot, there's been a lot of music wit written around this keep awake theme. You know, keep awake because uh, Jesus is coming. You know, wake, awake, for night is flying, and chorales like that, and that sort of thing. This one, though, has kind of an unexpected twist because usually the problem is you don't want to fall asleep. You want to keep awake to watch for Jesus, right? But in this one, it's actually a good thing. You know, there's no problem with them falling asleep. They needed the rest after all, right? But uh, in this one, the problem is different. The problem isn't that they fell asleep. In this one, the problem is that some were prepared for the unexpected and some weren't. The ones who were prepared were most able to receive the blessing, but the ones who weren't prepared found themselves scurrying. Have you ever noticed, I say, asking a silly question, have you ever noticed how often life goes differently than you planned? <laughs> what an understatement. You know, I'll bet if we did a survey of those of us in this room and we asked what you expected your life to be like when you graduated high school, let's say, versus how it actually happened, I'll bet 90% of you would say it's vastly different. My life turned out vastly different than I expected when I graduated high school. You know what? I'll bet it's even more than 90%. I'll bet 95 or 99% of us. In fact, if your life turned out exactly like you thought it would, come talk to me afterwards because I want to meet you. <laughs> and if the second question on that survey, though, were, are you happy with that? I'll bet we'd have 90% of us saying, yeah. You know, there's a few things in my life I might change here and there, but all in all, I'm glad the way I, way I thought, way I had my life planned out when I was young, all in all, I'm glad it didn't turn out with that because I like what I have. You know, life is full of unexpected turns and that's not always a bad thing. 
You know, sometimes life just happens. You know, the randomness of the world itself and of all the people in it. Sometimes it's not randomness. Sometimes God brings surprises into our lives. Uh, and not all of life's surprises are good ones, of course, especially when those involve, uh, you know, natural disaster or injury or the, 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 the evils of others. But I'm a firm believer that every change, whether good or bad, every change gets used by God, that God never lets an opportunity like that go to waste. And even, even the worst of unexpected turns, God brings good out of it. You know, this is one topic where I have a powerful story of my own to tell, and so I'm going to tell it to you today. Now, some of, some of you have heard me tell this before in small groups or whatnot, but I've never told everybody. Uh, so here's, here, here's my chance. So I was 30 years old. I was in the last year of seminary in school to become a pastor, and I was serving part-time as an associate pastor. Uh, at, a, at a larger church. Now that's pretty common uh, for seminary students to go to class during the week and then kind of scatter to the winds to their, their part-time churches uh, on the weekend and then come back together, right? And this day was the Sunday after Christmas, December 27, 2007. And you know it's a pivotal moment in my life because I know the date, right? <laughs> the senior pastor was off and so I preached all four services. Yes, I say to our retired pastors, we had four services in the course of three hours and I preached all four of them. That was quite a church, but that's a topic for another time. <laughs> Afterwards, I had to go grab lunch and then go do hospital visits. And as I was walking out to my car, it was a little bit of a walk because I always, uh, I, I always park in the furthest away spot. It's just something I do uh, to uh, uh, remind myself of, uh, uh, of what it means to have a servant heart to save the, the best spaces uh, for others. And this parking lot was famous for the way it iced over in the winter. And as I walked out to the car, my feet went up and my rear end didn't go up. <laughs> it went down and I landed hard on the ground. Uh, amazingly, I still remember the moment. Uh, it, you know, it wasn't even one of those slow motion kind of memories, like, right? It just happened in an instant and I was down on the ground. And I remember I tried to get up, it's cold, it's like I'm on ice, right? It's cold and I tried to get up and I couldn't quite do it and I figured uh, my leg was just weak or something from the fall and I was close to a curb. Uh, so I kind of scooted myself over to the, the curb, you know, and my plan was to use the curb, to rest a minute and then use the curb to, uh, to help get myself up, figuring that I was gonna have one heck of a bruise. Now, you wanna hear about a God moment? The next person who came out of the church was a boy scout leader who was taller and bigger than I am. <laughs> How's that for a God moment? You know, you could say that this whole scripture we're reading this morning could be boiled down to the Boy Scout motto of be prepared. And he was. <laughs> uh, he saw me, knew that something was wrong, and he knew how to pick me up safely. Now, in retrospect, we probably should have called an ambulance, but this part turned out all right. He knew how to uh, uh, safely get me up and uh, take me in to get an x-ray. And there's a lot more story of what happened after that, of course, but the short version is that I had a broken hip at 30 years old, which hardly ever happens. Uh, you have to land just wrong for that to happen when you're 30. Uh, but there it was, and in the context of today's parable, it's not how I intended to spend my day. It was not what I expected. 
and I was a newlywed too. My wife and I had been, only been married for about seven months at that point, and her church, she was a seminary student too, her church was two hours the other direction from Kansas City, so we were about five or six hours apart at that point. And the next six weeks were like nothing I had ever experienced. We let it heal the hard way, in part because I was young and it would, uh, it would give more options uh, since I had a lot of life uh, left ahead of me. Uh, and uh, the, the church set me up with a meal train and I felt guilty for every meal they brought over to my house. Now I know that says more about me, right? Um, but I felt guilty with every meal because it's easier to give than receive, at least for me. I fe also felt guilty that my new wife had had her life disrupted taking care of me having to help me with e even the most basic of things. I would have loved to have had a camera when the first time we tried to wash my hair. It was on the kitchen floor. Let me tell you, there was no tarp big enough to make that happen. <laughs> now, I do not recommend that any of you break a hip. But you know what? Sometime I'll tell you my other story of what happened in the ER because it's one of the most profound moments I've experienced in my whole life. It's, it needs a whole sermon of its own, but I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for what happened in the ER that wouldn't have happened were it not for the broken hip. All those meals from the church members that I felt guilty about and felt like I was imposing, oh my goodness, we had a lot of co good conversation. There was so much church that happened in those meals, and I'm grateful for it. A year later, a beloved member of the church fell, and guess what? she broke her hip and I was able to sit with her in the hospital like I've never been able to sit with anybody else before or since and my wife well our marriage ended up supercharged how many couples in their first year of marriage have an experience that bonds them quite like that and we've benefited ever since now, I could go on and on about all the good that's come from that day. And like I say, I don't recommend you go break a hip. <laughs> and I don't think it makes sense to use a phrase like, it was worth it. Like, that, that, that doesn't quite make sense. But at the same time, I can't deny how much good, how much deep good God brought from that unexpected happening. Now, I'll just take a little aside here to say, I'm sure you all have noticed my limp and how it's gotten worse in the past year and how I've been sitting on a stool to preach lately. Well, the time has come for me to have my hip fully replaced. We knew that, we knew this time would come. And here we are 15 years later, it's time. And I have it scheduled for the end of May right after school's out. So I'll be gone a few weeks when that, uh, when that happens. And I'll admit, before diving into this scripture this week, all I was thinking about were the reminders of how hard the recovery was and how I'm going to have to do those things again. Even if it's easier, this would be a lot easier to recover than last time, but like I was still caught up in thinking about the hard parts. But the gift this scripture has given me this week is the reminder that if God did all those things before, just think what God's going to do this time in this part of my unexpected hip journey. If, if I'm prepared to see it. Life is full of unexpected turns. Some are good, some are bad, but even the bad ones, God brings good out of it in time. 
And the question becomes, are we prepared for that blessing? Are we prepared to receive it? If we are, if we brought enough oil for our lamps, so to speak, to, to cover the unexpected, then we'll have no trouble meeting God and receiving those blessings when they come through the unexpected. But if we cling to the path we thought we were on, let me say that again. If we cling to the path we thought we were on, if all we do is whine about how this wasn't the plan and I didn't ask for this, then we might just miss what God is trying to show us. And what a shame that would be. You know, I think that's one gift of prayer. You know, whenever we turn our intentions to God, whenever we turn our attention and our intention to God, we intend to spend time with God, it causes us to consider where we really stand, whether surprising or otherwise. It forces us to be honest. And in asking for God's help, we prime ourselves to notice when that help comes. Now that can be the kind of prayer where we talk to God, what most people think of with prayer. It can also be attending worship, singing songs, it can be reading poetry, it can be being in silence. But whenever we turn our attention to God, we leave more ready to notice God in the twists and turns that follow. This scripture demands, I think, that we ask ourselves a few questions. And I want you to really think about them. And the first one is this, how prepared are you? And I mean that literally in one sense. You know, none of us know what's gonna happen when we leave that door even after this service today. And are you prepared? Do you have enough gas in your car? Do you have enough of the practical things? But when it goes differently than you expect, are you prepared to look for the good in what does happen? Are you clinging to your plans in an unhealthy way? Or are you ready to embrace whatever twists and turns life brings? And even more so, are you willing to look with your eyes wide open for God's blessing, even in the most unexpected of things? Who knows what's on the other side of that door when we leave today? But whatever happens, whatever happens, God will be there to meet us. May you hold your plans lightly and may you be open to whatever surprise you find. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we thank you for the unexpected. We thank you for the wisdom you give us to prepare for any outcome. But please give us wisdom that is deeper still, that no matter what that outcome might be, we might have eyes to see you in the midst of it. We pray it in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.